so excited to be back in this space with you. Welcome to Minutes with Monica. The topic this month has been around parenting and parenting in the sense of how it has impacted us. So if you haven't checked out the blogs, they're available on monicaswank.org or on my Facebook page at that same address. So take a peek. But for today, I really want to focus in on something, and this is going to get really personal for me for a few minutes. And if you know me and you have never heard this story, this might be a little bit of an eye-opener into why I do some of the things that I do. (laughs) Again, I'm so excited that you're here and that you want to learn how to live into a space that is healthier for you and ultimately that it provides you peace and rest because that is the purpose of my podcast. That is the purpose of all of my ministry is to allow you an opportunity to find the space in which you are the best you. It's not a scheme, my friends. I promise there's more to that story. But my goal is always to speak about some topic that's useful to everybody. And and that's a broad base. And so that gets a little tough at times. But we all have to do life. And quite honestly, sometimes life just gets hard to do. I teach about transformation into a healthier self, which I do because I have lived on both sides of the fence. I hope you find some encouragement in this story today. You know, that place where I was okay with who I was on one side of the fence was okay. It wasn't a horrible place, but it wasn't happy a lot of the times, or it was happy, but it wasn't always peaceful. There was always some nagging character flaw that I was really tired of carrying around. And when I would work on that one thing and get it better, (laughs) at least I would think it would be better, then there was always one other thing. (laughs) Can you relate to this? That hasn't changed for me. There's still some other thing to do, right? But the way in which I do it has. And so now, even though I'm always striving to find that next change, that next piece, something is still nagging at me, there's a happiness and a peace that I feel in my daily life, that I feel as I journey through crud, is like I call it. (laughs) But it's there for all of us. It's not just something I've experienced, and it's not just one answer. But this has got me thinking lately about how I got here. And it always, always comes back to influences. And I know that you hear me talk about this all the time, but like I said, this is going to be a little bit different podcast. It's going to 
pour you a little bit more into who I am and and in doing that hopefully you'll see some pieces in you um, well you'll figure that one out I hope you don't see pieces if you read from my life but that but my point is that you'll see pieces of you that you want to or that you know that you need to adjust in some way and so anyhow it always comes back to this piece of being influenced I got my start in life just like all of you right Um, well not like all of you but we all were born (laughs) and my childhood is what I'm talking about we all we all did childhood right so I get it like you but not like you and never once as a young adult did I ever think that the reason I was acting a certain way was because of how I had been raised or even any of the events in my in my childhood I never thought any of those things walked with me into being a young adult did you no, like most people, I think, I just muddled through the early years of my of being married and being a mom. I didn't really have anybody to mentor me. I mean, my parents were around. I'm not saying they, they weren't. Uh, and I want to be really careful. In fact, saying that, I want to be really careful in helping you to understand that this is not anything against my parents. I, I'm just sharing a story with you here. Uh, I'm not pointing my fingers at my parents in any way. I'm not a victim of anything. I, but going into those early years of being married and being a mom, I didn't have anybody who, who mentored that. I just had my parents showing me some different things or I'd ask questions. Mom was always a phone call away or for a while she was a block away and we'd just walk over and we would talk about things. And But, you know, I don't even think... I really paid attention to the way others were doing things because in my mind, I had this. I was good. I could do this, right? I mean, thousands of parents have been doing it for, okay, probably millions. (laughs) I'm not very good at that. Kazillions. I don't even know what those numbers would be. I don't know how many people have walked this earth, right? But parents have been doing this for thousands of centuries. I couldn't screw it up too bad. (laughs) Don't ask my kids. To be honest, there's times when I think about it and I'm like, I watch my, my daughters now and they have all this access to every conversation about parenting just available to them at line online. And sometimes I'm kind of jealous of that. And sometimes I'm a little nervous that some of the sources that are out there that they're taking it from, but it all seems pretty legit at this point so but it's kind of cool because I never had that available to me and unless you subscribed to magazines which I didn't have the money to do when I was a new mom so you just kind of winged it right <laughs> can you relate to this idea right can I are you in the space with me just doing you and I I guess in a way was we were hoping for the best I never once knew that my sense of wanting to be un- uninhibited, I don't like to be restricted. I am what they call a free bird, a free soul. I'm, that's kind of me. Not artsy, but 
oh, I didn't mean to throw that sling. I really, that wasn't a sling. I didn't, wasn't my, wasn't my purpose there. But sometimes we connect that free soul to that. But that, that's kind of who I am. And I never once understood that the sense of wanting to be uninhibited by things came from my biological father. And I didn't know, I did know, I'm sorry, I did know that my anger and my reactions came from him because he was abusive. And I hated, hated that part of me for two reasons. Maybe you'll connect, maybe not on the abuse level, but you'll connect in a different way. I hated it, one, because I, I hated that about him. That was an ugly place, and I hated that about him. And the other reason was that I hated being that way. I hated being angry and out of control because I hated not being able to control it. And I didn't know that at the time my less than compassionate side came from a a disconnect I felt with my mother. I didn't know that my lack of trust in men came from the desire to replace my biological father even though he'd already physically been replaced by my mother with a stepfather. I, I didn't know that desire existed in me. Every ounce of who I was came out, or comes out, I should say. Every ounce of who I was then as an early um, young adult mom, every ounce of that woman and every ounce of who I am now comes out of these early relationships. There was nothing that I could do to change them. They existed simply because that was who God chose for my family. (laughs) When you were a kid, did you ever want to have your best friend's parents? uh, For your parents, right? Or did you ever wonder what it would be like to grow up in one of your friend's houses? We always are looking at that different aspect, right? We don't get any say in the first 18 years of our lives. We don't, not much anyhow, unless we make some really drastic changes, which I did try to do a few times, but going home always felt better than being out on my own. Um, But you know, when we become adults, we either absolutely love the way our parents raised us, or we hate it. Probably most of us fall somewhere in the middle. And so we make decisions in how we will raise our own families. Or if we don't have children, we decide how we're going to do life based on these same ideals. But the one thing that I keep coming back to is how I never even considered what these experiences had taught me about being a person. I wasn't even aware that they were going on in my space. I didn't know they were in my mind or my memories. I didn't know all that. Again, this isn't totally on our parents. That's not what I'm saying, so I hope that's not what you're hearing because I'm definitely not pointing fingers here. 
they were just doing life, right? Kind of like us. Their goal was the same as ours, to raise the best kids in the block, on the block, in the neighborhood, whatever, right? They wanted their kids to just do life and do it well. They wanted better for their kids, right? Do you ever hear those things in your mouth? Right? We're not any different. The fact that I'm in my early 50s and still don't have any confidence is not on my parents. I'm 50. <laughs> I could have made these changes, right? But, but let me go back for a second so we can make some connections. Here's what I remember. I can't recall my parents ever praising me. Okay, I want to say that again because I want you to really hear it. I cannot recall my parents ever really praising me. They might have said these things to me. I'm not saying that they didn't do that. I'm saying I can't remember it. Let me take you to a pivotal point in my own personal life. I was young, somewhere around six or seven, and my parents got divorced. Okay, so here's my child brain in this situation, and I'm not six or seven, so 47 years later, I'm trying to recall this, but I want you to get an idea of where I'm at, because um, I've, I've done some background work for my own life, and so I understand the space in which this comes from. So I want you to just kind of hear where I'm at. Here's my child brain. Through this divorce, I hated my biological father. That's what I tell myself. He was never around, and when he was, he hurt my mom. And I loved my mom. That was not okay for me. And so a piece of me hated my biological father. But he was my father and he was supposed to be there and so some piece of me at six or seven loved this father and my brain somehow translated all of this mix of emotion this is what I talk about our physical our emotional our mental our spiritual all tied into one we cannot disengage one piece at any point in our time we can try but it's still engaged <laughs> my brain somehow translated that idea and these ideas into not being worth enough that to him that I wasn't worth enough to him for him to want to try to change and and stick around I don't know his story I'm never going to know his story because he's not here to tell me anymore. But that was my assumption as a child. And I, and I was never mad at my mom. I just wanted his approval. So at this very early age, I formed this belief that I wasn't worth enough. So if my mom and my adoptive father ever praised me, I'm not sure I would have heard it. Let me fast forward into my teenage years. See, I was still that little girl inside who wanted approval. I, you know, I just want to pause for a second. 
I hope that some of you are understanding this at a different level. Then I hope you're safe. You know you're safe in this space. And I hope you know that there is more to this. I'm not saying you're struggling with this. But if you are, I just want you to know that there, I am here and I am always available for you. So I don't want you to feel like you're alone in this space. Because I'm stirring up some memories. And maybe you're connecting. Again, let me get back to this transferring into my teenage years. Because I was still that little girl inside who wanted approval. I never was pretty enough. I never had boyfriends. I never was good enough in anything I did. Those are self things that I'm telling, right? I'm telling myself this. I fixed that as a teenager. I knew those things, right? I didn't know where they came from, but I knew those things. And so I fixed them in two different ways. I sought it from wherever I could get it. I needed approval. I sought it wherever I could get it. And most of those were in unhealthy ways from relationships to behaviors such as drinking and drugs. Do you see the transition? Do you see the transition from little girl who wants approval from mom and dad to making my way to get approval? If we harbor unrealistic thoughts in our minds for any length of time, we act them out in unhealthy ways. And that is what was happening. There's another strange phenomena that happens in this. For me, when I excelled at something, I just quit doing it. (laughs) I know that sounds really weird. It was like this dual piece of me constantly. And so when I excelled at something, I quit doing it. In my mind, if I was good, people would take notice. And then at some point, they would walk away. Walking away hurt me as a little girl. And I didn't want that in my life. And when I talk about parents having influence in our lives, I'm not, I know I said this a hundred times, I'm not casting blame. What I'm saying is that the personal decisions they make for themselves impact us. As children, we are not fully capable of interpreting that information that their changes have influence on us. We're not capable of interpreting that information And so we make it fit into whatever way we can to get through life as a kid. What things did you do to make it safely into adulthood? If you look back at your life in the way I just did, what kind of things do you see that you carried into adulthood with you? Let me fast forward into being a parent or a spouse. This is the mental space, that space, this teenage space that I'm talking about, that I came into doing both of these things. But I had no clue, and no clue those thoughts were coming with me. No clue that the way I was behaving was coming with me. Because let me tell you, I wanted to be a good mom, so I stopped drinking, I didn't do drugs, I went to church. Actually, no, I didn't just go to church. I gave my life to Christ, and I lived every moment of my life for my faith. I was a new person. I wasn't that same kid in high school. Did you feel this way when you first experienced life on your own? I got this. I can do this. I'm this. 
I'm not saying you weren't. But you forgot about the couple people you left behind in your childhood. And what I thought was that I was going to be great at what I was doing. It never dawned on me that I was still me. I don't know about you, but never once, I never once thought about how my early years had shaped me, both the bad and the good. It never dawned on me. And this lack of confidence and desire for approval had not just simply disappeared. It's still there, but I didn't think on that. I was so engaged into my thought processes by my 20s that I didn't even know it existed. I was going to be a good wife, a good mom. And a healthy marriage and a healthy life would take care of any insecurities I had. Right? Today, my husband would call it my need for perfection. That stings a little bit, but he's probably closer to the truth than I am. And if you know me personally, this is a side of me that you probably see, but you may not have understood why you saw it. For those people looking in on our lives, there are negative things that they see. What feels good, honestly, what feels good about being around someone who always has to have it all together? I realize my friends deal with that. (laughs) I don't have it all together, and if they know me well enough, they know that. But next time you think a thought like this about someone, ask yourself, what's behind that? What I really want you to do is I want you to think about what's behind your behaviors in life. What events in your life have shaped you without you even realizing it? The first step in anything is taking account of all pieces and parts that impact the final outcome. If you put puzzles together, you probably have a system, right? If you build things, you probably have some kind of a blueprint, right? My husband builds furniture and builds, I don't know, he builds everything. I don't know what he does out in his workshop. It's his space. (laughs) But my point is, he doesn't just look at a piece of wood and say, okay, this is going to be a table today. He, he has to process the pieces that need to be there for him to make that, right? I mean, think about it. Do you really want the nurse to walk into your exam room without a blood pressure cuff or stethoscope if you're having chest pains? <laughs> right? We want people to be prepared. And in everything you do, You are prepared in a sense. You don't go to your job without knowing how to do your job. Remember the first days of work at any job where you stumble around and you don't know what you're doing? You feel a little bit childish or a little bit like an idiot? (laughs) It's getting a new job is scary. Somebody has expectations for us, but we learn how to manage through those. 
and we build this system around that. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, some of the pieces of our lives feel like chest pains that we need to see a nurse for. But there's a way out from underneath them. And I'm always saying, I work with individuals and groups and I'm always inviting you to reach out to me, but I'm not sure you really know why. It isn't because I think there's anything wrong with you, because I don't, my friend. I think you're just like me, doing life the best way you can. It's that I know that some of you are still just doing life from that place And sometimes that place is empty of the peace that's available to you. I'm not evangelizing here. I talk about Jesus all the time because I know some of the truths about him. And I know the permanent changes that he's made in my life. But this isn't about evangelizing. And this isn't about anything being wrong with you. This is about building a new you. So that even in the middle of all hell breaking loose, you can find rest and peace. Because my friend, I believe that is what God expects. No, not expects. That is what God wants for us. It's what he desires for us. He longs for us to have rest and peace in this crazy world. And if you're not experiencing that, I want it for you too. I know that it feels a little scary to reach out to somebody you know or somebody you don't know. But it doesn't have to be something that's wrong. I don't counsel. I journey with people. I mentor. I go alongside with them. I look at the things in their lives that they need to shift or they want to shift and I help them process through that. And I love doing it with friends. So if you're in that space and you need to reach out to somebody, it's not because something's wrong. It's because you want to figure out how to live in peace. You want to get rid of some of those nagging character traits you have or habits that you have because habits stem from that little girl or that little boy that grew up in your parents' home. I love you, my friend. I thank you for allowing me to journey with you. As always, reach out for more resources and for a way to contact me at www. I don't know how many W's that was. www.monicaswank.com I am so grateful for this time that we have together. And until next week's next week, blessings to you.